Welcome to Agile Fundamentals and Beyond, the podcast that helps you understand the fundamentals of Agile and some by asking the questions that everybody wants answered. Hi, I'm Jim Worley. Hi, I'm Jitin Vara, back from holiday. And I'm David Lowe, and today we'll be discussing the second core value of the Agile Manifesto, working software over comprehensive documentation. So, gentlemen, uh, what does this make you think of? Well, I think this is probably the most contentious one. I guess what we're not saying is easier than what we are saying. But I think there, is a num- there are a number of different ways in which we can interpret this. Uh, and all three of us do a fair amount of work in financial services, or at least have done in the past. And in those sort of traditional environments, it's, it's really common for you to have to go through numbers of different steering committees, uh, design authorities, that sort of thing, uh, before you're allowed to actually start building anything out. And as such, you would have had to have you know, documented everything quite thoroughly to get through those, through those obstacles, if you like. Jim, what do you think? Any other examples? Yeah, absolutely, Jim. Um, from those organisations that are, are transitioning from a traditional approach to uh, a more of an agile approach, uh, those kind of uh, pre-existing uh, mental models or uh, previous behaviours still pervade. Uh, and so often uh, in these, in these organisations, agile frameworks are seen as project management frameworks. Uh, and therefore... Uh, the way of thinking about things uh, from uh, previous ways of doing things still exists. So, for example, uh, people such as business analysts are still asked to to write uh, requirements up front. Uh, they might be calling them user stories, but it's still the behaviours from, from traditional environments uh, and goes against that value of working software over comprehensive documentation because it's exactly how you said, Jim, um, everything is documented before any work starts. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to draw us back. So in our first episode, talking about these Agile Values, or our Agile Values mini-series, if you like, we spoke about individuals and interactions over processes and tools. Uh, and during the discussion, we touched on the idea that about documenting agreements, decisions, and, and other things has been valuable. So how does that relate to this? Well, you know, we're still saying documentation is valuable. It's just we value working software over and above it. So we tend to, in our kind of mode of working, use documentation as a way of recording the verbal conversations that we've had between ourselves. We use it as a backup, in effect. Here's a decision we've made. Here's an agreement we've come to. Um, But we do that in support of a verbal conversation. Yeah, just to take it to the requirements uh, generation process, uh, a good way of doing things in agile environments is maybe using some of the the stuff that's written or the documentation that's written to carry on the conversation uh, and then confirm it again um, in writing as you as you've just said Jim all right so just to clarify there's that over word that's important right so we've said working software over comprehensive documentation yes exactly so we're not saying don't document we, we we're definitely not saying that it's an essential part of what we do we've deliberately given some quite extreme examples uh, of where documentation is is valued over working software. So what we are trying to say is that documentation most probably still takes place, maybe not all of it, but certainly quite a lot of it. It will just happen at different times and in different ways. 
Okay, so if we think back to 2001, Agile Manifesto being written, what do we feel that the, the problems or the issues that they were trying to overcome with this value? So if we go back to Jim's first example of where some large organizations, especially those in maybe in financial services, there are a variety of committees to go through before you're actually allowed to start any work and you have to provide um, set documentation um, for that to happen. Um, there have been many instances where that documentation or that design, as, as Jim referred to, has proven to be incorrect. Um, I've certainly been a part of projects and programs where the design has been up front. We've got to the end and actually there's been a huge failure. We spent a lot of money. Uh, and so those folks in 2001, I guess they were trying to ensure that those occasions where you get to the end of the, the thing that you're trying to do and it, it being incorrect, happens less and less. Uh, and so that you are focusing on um, delivering that value, working software um, as they used or delivering outcomes as we might use with our clients, um, instead of trying to uh, design everything upfront and we actually um, evolve the design as we're going um, through the work. Yeah, I mean, we're not saying uh, don't have an understanding about where you wanna to get to uh, and don't have a framework around that. Um, but be empirical as you do it. To your point, you know, the work we do in the first couple of weeks might well suggest that what we'd intended to do in the second couple of weeks isn't is now no longer the right thing to do. And so we need to we need to pivot slightly. Okay, so Jim, give me a one-liner to sum it up. Uh, we're trying to avoid uh, big upfront deterministic design and analysis phases. Yeah, and also Scrum used as a project management uh, method without. Uh, honouring the values and principles of Agile. All right, so in, in light of that then, what behaviour do we want to see? Um, well, we, we basically want to produce something small. doesn't matter uh, like how rough it is, um, something in progress um, that can be potentially like handled by users, essentially, and experience, something that will give us feedback. Get going is what we're saying. Uh, you've no idea uh, how valid documentation the planning you've done will be, until you actually start the work. Yeah, absolutely. A guaranteed things are going to change. Uh, we work in really, really complex environments as we've discussed in previous episodes. Things will change. And so therefore your documentation is likely to change. Uh, echo the thoughts that Jim's just said, get going and find out what, uh, what, what comes up next. Uh, do the right thing and, and document as you go. So let's have some fun. Uh, I'm going to ask you both to pick three principles from the Agile Manifesto to support this core value. And then we're going to see which ones you've picked. If you're playing at home, you can also go to the agilemanifesto.org and play along. Uh, okay, so um, just got them in front of me. Uh, I'm going to go for uh, our highest priority is to satisfy the customer through early and continuous delivery of valuable software. And uh, your second? Uh, the second one, I've gone for uh, simplicity. Uh, the art of maximizing uh, the amount of the work not done is essential. Okay. And your final choice? Uh, working software is the primary measure of progress. I too had working software as the primary measure of progress. Mm -hmm. um, I also had, well, I had a slightly different one. Deliver working software frequently from a couple of weeks to a couple of months with a preference for the shorter time scale. 
Uh, and the last one I had uh, was the best architectures, requirements and designs emerge from self-organizing teams. Oh, almost went with that one. So, Jit, what was your, your thinking behind taking the simplicity, the art of maximizing the amount of work not done is essential? Um, I think uh, it's, a, it's a key key principle that I kind of stick to in, in the work that I do. Often uh, you refer, refer it as the, the lazy option. But I think keeping that principle in mind um, helps you to almost not over-document things. Uh, the risk of the committees that we've been referring to is that you, in, to ensure it gets through those committees, you try and document everything to the nth degree. And as we've established, uh, these things are probably going to change. Uh, and so keeping things simple to start off with, just enough to have the conversation, uh, is a more uh, valuable approach in my, my, in my eyes. Well, just to clarify, I call it the lazy approach to stimulate a conversation, not because I truly think that. <laughs> right, and Jim, there was one that you picked, the best architectures, requirements and designs emerge from self-organizing teams. Tell us more about that one. Yeah, I, like, I quite like the, the fact that it talks about teams and self-organizing teams. As Jim was sort of describing, and in reference to that kind of earlier example again, uh, a lot of the work that's taken to these design authorities and architecture steering groups and that sort of stuff is done by an individual working on their own. Uh, and for me, uh, my feeling is we're, we're better as a team, we're better as a unit. I, I think uh, absolutely a better design will emerge if we do that and, and if we're doing the work at the same time. Again, if anyone at home chose different ones, we're not saying that those ones that you picked are the only ones, right? They're just ones that you wanted to call out. No, as with all these, well, every time we go through this game with all of these principles, any of them pretty much could reference any of the principles, any of the yeah. values. And I'm sure when people are playing at home on Christmas Eve and, and Boxing Day, they'll find out the, the same, right? Imagine, imagine Agile Manifesto charades. <laughs> How good would that be? Oh, I'm, I'm glad that we've got the rule of six in and I'm not invited to your house for Christmas, Jim. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it's more booze for me. Okay, so um, these, this all sounds good when we're talking about it in theory, but when we come to do this stuff in practice, right, we find that we've got problems with it. So what do people find generally when they're trying to implement these kind of ideas? Uh, just like anything, uh, it takes practice. So it's it's a new way of working. Um, you're just going to have to experiment with different approaches to some of these things. Um, so, for example, going to the committees, um, what's the least amount of documentation you might be able to take um, in order to further the conversation on? Uh, it, you're just going to need to try out some things and, and practice and see what works well for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and on that last point, actually, a lot of managers coming from traditional environments are used to getting this stuff. Um, so it's, it's really tricky for, it's hard for them to get their head around the idea of not having it. I think that's one of the biggest ones. So yeah. that human, human behavior and human, the human aspects of it are the, are the biggest obstacles to this sort of change. Yeah, I guess if those leaders can model the right sorts of behaviors as well, um, it will help um, those that are trying to um, uh, reduce the amount of uh, documentation that they do up front um, in, in being able to do that and not feeling the pressure that leaders are going to be expecting more than what they can be what can be produced at that point in time. Yeah, absolutely. 
and it just I think it also goes to show is that you can't change you can't change uh, locally. There has to be a system wide change for this to be effective. Otherwise, you're trying to operate in a way that the system won't allow the the wider system won't allow. Um, a lot of this actually kind of I guess we're moving on to the next bit, which is which is about how how can people kind of live with it or accept it. They they say that uncertainty is the enemy of change. So a lot of what this kind of upfront documentation, all of these kind of you know deterministic plans or rationalized, you know, it's this a hundred stories type activity is about trying to provide certainty in a world where certainty doesn't exist. So we need we we have to operate in a way that embraces the idea that things will change. Otherwise, we'll end up wasting a lot of time and money. I completely agree with you, Jit. Just to add on to that, um, embrace empiricism. Uh, things are going to change, as we've already discussed. Um, go through the act of doing the work, uncover the, the things that are about to change, uh, and adapt along with it. Cool. Good. So we're going to wrap this up now. See you next time. Bye. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Agile Fundamentals and Beyond podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter to receive our free guides and other bonus content at scrumandkanban.co.uk.